The white rosettes have been extraordinarily successful for an extraordinary length of time. Was it 15 times you won the... 15 national championships over our 30 years, and I guess that's because the other 15 years you're not allowed to compete. So, yeah, 15 national championships, two European championships, unprecedented, being in the A-level consistently, low A-level consistently for about six years. Amazing, I, I, you know can keep me awake at night how amazing that is what is the secret because if you could bottle it i suspect there'd be a you, you, choruses would be queuing around the block for it uh, they, they would i think the choruses are queuing around the block for it so what is it i think a dedication and commitment to being your very best on a personal level so no leaning no depending on anybody else it's about being the champion on an individual level creates this huge championship ensemble and culture so people have got to think of themselves as champions as well as their chorus as champions. Absolutely. I think it's been the key that on an individual level you have to believe and have faith in yourself that you are that level and, and that you can't have singers on the rise of go, oh, well, I can't do that as well as her next door. And so you value everybody's talents, whatever they are, to make them feel the champion they are. So you, you create a psychological culture that breeds success and I think that has been instrumental for the White Rosettes for a number of years and I know some of the White Rosettes are always helping me along the way and we have our former chair Caroline Green forwarded me a document that David Brailsford had written for the Sky Cycling team about how he developed this winning team of men to win the cycling championships and and I read some of it and I just thought yeah absolutely that's what we do but just in a different genre. I would imagine that this particular year as champions is a special one for you because, of course, it's, it's Lab's 40th anniversary. It is Lab's 40th anniversary. So we'll, we'll go to convention retiring, in inverted commas, uh, as champions and handing over to a new champion again at the end of the year. And it's been a fabulous year. We've had a great time. We've travelled a lot. We're here this weekend and we'll be getting ready to retire at convention. Looking forward to singing for everybody. And you'll be taking the Beacon of Harmony with you, I take We will, yeah. We're honoured to be the last people to receive it so that we then bring the Beacon of Harmony with us as retiring champions. That's a great honour. Is there one highlight from the year that you could pick out? Oh my, it's not finished yet. 
the year, year so oh, far. Okay, the year so far. Being a champion, uh, you know what? It is that broad. I wake up every day thinking, we did it again. It's never, ever expected. They never, ever get complacent. We never rest on our laurels. And I think that's also part of the winning formula. We never get sick of wanting to do it better than we did last time. And I think that's what drives us and keeps us successful. So, you know, I'm I'm still amazed that it continues to happen. One of the things that surprises me a a little, although you've had these these accolades and you've won this championship 15 times, you cannot say definitively that you are the best women's barbershop chorus in Britain. The the White Rosettes can't say that in the same way that Cottontown Chorus can at the moment uh, for men's barbershop, simply because there is another organisation, the Sweet Adeline's Quartet of Nations. Would you like to take on their champions, uh, Fourth Valley Chorus, head-to-head in competition? I think it would be hugely interesting to see how that would pan out, but Sweet Adeline's have a different judging category to ours, uh, and I'm not sure whether the White Rosettes sound, I'm not sure how that would be received in the Sweet Adeline genre. So, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, we've competed against Sweet Adeline choruses before in European and beaten them, which is hugely rewarding. Oh, name we'd, names. Uh, no, 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 integrity. <laughs> it's Sunday morning, but I keep my integrity intact. No, yeah, people can look on the website. But, yeah, we've, we've kind of worked alongside other Sweet Adeline choruses in the European contest. That gave us an opportunity to be on the same stage as other associations who are female, and we did very well with that and came away with our second European championship. Is it healthy for women's barbershop to have two organisations. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Sweet Adeline is so much bigger, so much bigger than Labs. Uh, and that kind of obviously is, is then international. So lots of people get to sample, you know, our wares, which is, you know, encouraging and preserving barbershop singing. So I, I think it's great to have as many associations as possible. I love the way we're now trying to work together more. We have the barbershop in Harmony here, where Sweet Adeline's Labs and Babs, and the, a lot of the European kind of um, associations are working together to promote what we have in Europe. So I, I Yeah, I think it's great that we have many associations. Of course, you're very widely known beyond the barbershop world, not least because, of course, about two and a half million people saw you on television with Gareth Malone (laughs) in his last series, The Naked Choir. They certainly did. What what was it like to work with him? It was fabulous. Fabulous. And do you know what? He's exactly as he is. That's how he is. He was like that at breakfast. He was like that at lunchtime. He was like that when he was being recorded. He was like that when he was uh, uh, giving us some directive about the programme and and its pre-recorded state. And and he was like that just before we we retired and had drinks in the bar. So Gareth Malone is is as he is. Uh, He's kind of an ageless star, isn't he? And uh, yeah, he's very charming and very funny. He also uses the word traditional nearly every time when he talks about barbershop. And, of course, he was asking people to do all sorts of beatboxing and very modern a cappella techniques. Did the two choruses who entered that competition, the two barbershop choruses, ever have much of a chance? On reflection now, having uh, done the first series, I think it would have been very difficult for a standard traditional barbershop group to have been successful in that. I was acutely aware of how there were musicians in the other groups who would, in a very short period of time, be successful in the remit that was given to them at the end of each episode. And that often at the end of each episode they were given a week with a piece of music chosen by Gareth Malone that they didn't know about, that they had to have arranged in their style and present the following week to us as the jurors. And I know that often barbershop it takes much longer even just to arrange a simplest song. I think if we'd have known that in advance, if we'd have had a chorus who had on standby 
arrangers available where it's like phone a friend. OK, tonight they've said we have to get together simply the best, arrange it, get it to us for tomorrow. I think we'd have a better chance of that. But I think we were a little unprepared because we're very prescriptive, appropriately so, because that keeps the barbershop style pure. But I think that just didn't allow for any flexibility in that particular programming. Final question to you, that, that purity of style that barbershop organisations go for, is that forever going to condemn Barbershop to being a niche musical interest, sort of further and further away from the mainstream? I don't think niche is condemning. I actually think niche is where it's at. It's like Vogue or um, cult. I'll say that lightly, but I don't think there's anything wrong with being a niche. And I think you'll always find people who are interested in something that's very particular, specific or peculiar. And I like the uniqueness of the barbershop sound. It's what got me here in 1982 when I've been here ever since. And it's the beauty of the sound of the barbershop style that keeps people singing it. And I would hate for us to ever drift away permanently from that. I think there is always space for uh, evolution in the way that we sing. And I think that is demonstrated by the arrangements that we begin to sing and the way that we kind of stretch the boundaries. I think that's wholly appropriate, but I think it's really important that we keep that niche going because that's what is the barbershop style. And finally, I'm just wondering about your, your next challenge because, of course, uh, having won 15 times... I think you, you, you've been MD eight times, haven't you? When, uh... I have, yes. Eight gold medals as a director and seven gold medals as a singer with the White Rosettes. Doesn't there come a point where you think... There must be more to life than just winning this national championship. You know, give me another challenge. I've been there, I've done it, I've got the T-shirt. I haven't been there, I haven't done it and I haven't got the T-shirt because every single championship is different. It's never a guarantee. It's always a huge challenge. And the challenge the White Rosetta set themselves is to be better than they were themselves before. So you can never compare and contrast or indeed try and consider beating other people because you don't know what they're doing and how good they've got. What's really important for the White Rosettes is that we maintain our standard and improve on it on a week basis that remains our challenge every single week and we have great great pleasure in achieving it on a weekly basis and long may you continue sally thank you very much thank you john